It's been hard to watch or even read the news lately. From the invasion of Ukraine by Russia in February to this very day, the war in Ukraine gets worse and worse by the hour and by the minute, with more people dead, including innocent women and children. Hi, this is Candy O'Terry. Welcome to the story behind her success. I have been looking for a woman to profile who knows firsthand what is happening on the ground in Ukraine. And as if by magic, an email from a listener to this program appeared and saved the day. In her email, Joni Friedman said, quote, You've got to hear the story of Alana. She's a local woman, first-generation Ukrainian-American, and the daughter of Soviet refugees. She's been raised in the Boston area. She's a registered nurse and the co-founder of Boston Aid to Ukraine, along with her brother Daniel and her sister-in-law, Brianna. Well... That email got my attention, and I quickly invited her to my home, where the fire is lit, and we're having a little glass of wine to record this interview. Her name is Ilana Pavlatsky, and this is her story. Ilana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Tell me about Boston Aid for Ukraine. Well, to be honest, this was not something that we planned. Like you said, my brother Daniel and my sister-in-law, Brianna, we wanted to do something. It felt like it was time for us to do something very quickly after the invasion began. But we wanted to see what we could do on our level as young adults in the Boston area. How can we connect to those directly impacted by what is going on? So that is why it's intentional that the Boston aid is spelled A-I-D-E. We are connecting as people to the people of Ukraine. As you mentioned, as a first-generation Ukrainian-American, this hits home for me. This affects the land that my family's from. And We just want to connect directly to those and help those directly on the ground. What an incredible undertaking. It's more than a fundraising charity because you've got boots on the ground in Ukraine and in countries that border Ukraine. So tell me how it works. I know you're distributing food, you're distributing clothes, you're distributing medical supplies. How does it work? I want to say that our best reliability is social media. So My brother, sister-in-law, and I started seeing who we can connect to. Who do we know that's already in those areas? Who do we know that's flying to those areas? And how can we support them directly that are there in person, finding the refugees that need help, supporting them, and providing them shelter? So that's exactly what we did. And through those means, we've connected to people that we have in Romania. We're connected to people that we know in Poland. And some people that we don't even know, but we just connected through on social media. There must be so many stories. What are you hearing? It is heartbreaking, even the smallest things. So today, for example, I was on FaceTime with a girl that we have that flew into Romania. She is actually Romanian herself, grew up out of South Boston, but was born and raised in Romania and flew out to Romania about a week ago and is on the border right outside of Ukraine. She speaks Romanian and I speak Russian. So she FaceTimes me I translate for her into Romanian and she translates from English into Romanian for the legal teams that are on the site there that need that support and translation. Wow. How much money have you raised along the way and how many supplies have you gathered? We have raised so far a little bit over $53,000 through our GoFundMe. It's amazing to see. And honestly, the continuation of influx of donations and funds, it is what is making the three of us understand that this is something that we have to really do. We didn't realize it was going to turn into something so big, but we are so 
blessed and thankful for all the support that we just are so excited. What kind of supplies are you gathering so people can know all about it? And by the way, the website is Boston Aid with an E for Ukraine.com. It is. We are collecting all types of supplies. We have started from just general first aid, clothes, and general hygiene. And we have since started collecting other supplies as well as receiving supplies that our partners in Poland and Romania are ordering from the U.S. So as you can imagine, many supplies they could probably procure on site in Europe, but many supplies that we have here in America are things that they cannot obtain there. And what they're doing is shipping those supplies to our homes. We are repacking them. And with our connection and support through DHL, we are shipping them off to our partners in Poland. Well, big shout out to DHL for helping you do this, right? Yes. Is it still cold there? It looks like it is. When we're watching it on the news, tell us what you need in terms of clothes, warm winter coats. What what are you looking for? Absolutely. So we, at the beginning, were sending out all of the clothes that we had because to your point, it's starting to warm up there. So we wanted the clothes to get there as quickly as possible while it was very cold. And they have actually said that they have plenty of clothes. They have plenty of general hygiene supplies. All those supplies are plentiful on site. And now we are working with our partners to procure specific supplies that they need. So one of our partners has direct contact with the Ukrainian Ministry of Health. So we have official letters that comes from their Ministry of Health signed and sealed with exact asks of what they need. And that is what we're procuring in bulk here on site. It's one thing to feel strongly about something, Alana. And then it's another thing to take that emotion and to put it into action. Tell me about the day that you decided you were going to do this? It was a few days of us feeling like our hands were tied and just helpless and watching the news and seeing what's going on and kind of feeling like we feel like we need to do something, but we don't know what to do. And then to turn around and think, well, we can send some aid. And then the next thing you know, our funds went from what we thought was our initial goal of $2,500. We raised in the first hour Overnight, we woke up to $20,000 in our GoFundMe. We realized that we were, <laughs> we were supporting. Yes, we absolutely were. And we were so thankful. And we realized that our community really has a strong sense of wanting to support. And we felt like it was our duty to provide that bridge from Boston to Ukraine. So if someone wants to donate, they can obviously go to bostonaidforukraine.com. Talk to me about your GoFundMe page. Yes, absolutely. It's actually linked right on our website. So you'll find the button that says donate now and you can donate right there. We are completely nonprofit. So all funds will be going to some sort of aid, whether that's to shipping costs. Unfortunately, the increase in fuel has caused shipping costs to increase in taxes, whether that's to buy the bulk supplies that we're looking at that we can buy here in the States and ship over to them any way that we can use this aid to support Ukraine for today and moving forward is what those funds will go towards. You join forces with your brother and your sister-in-law to launch Boston Aid for Ukraine. Who does what and how does this triumvirate work? We all do it all, but we all have our strong suits. So me coming from a medical background, I have the knowledge and expertise in understanding what supplies are needed, I help from that perspective to be able to translate what those needs are and have my contacts here in Boston, which I'm so thankful for that have supplied us with medical supplies. Brianna Tautiva is my sister-in-law. She has an MBA from Babson and has an extensive history working and starting nonprofits herself. 
So she is an amazing mind and creative and organized and efficient. So she kind of handles our books and she is the Excel guru. So she kind of keeps all of us organized. And my brother, who is the president of the company, Daniel Pavlotsky, also just graduated from Babson and has an entrepreneurial mind. So he is just a wizard of thinking of creative ways how we can best excel our goal. You are a nurse. So I'm guessing that that has been a great way for you to use that medical knowledge that you just described and your passion, right, for doing something to help others during war and during a hard time. I mean, this must just come naturally to you. It feels like it's what we're supposed to do. It's our duty as humans to help humans. Beyond anything, we as people owe it to other innocent lives to help them in their time of need. Well, this all has to come from somewhere, and I can only imagine how heartbreaking this has been for your parents. And if I've read correctly, they're originally from Odessa. Have they shared their stories with you about what it was like to grow up there? And can you paint us a picture of what this place was like before all this craziness started happening? Absolutely. Not only have my parents painted the picture of Odessa and my mom coming from Ukraine, from the capital, Kiev, I have also visited. I have been back. I have seen the very homes that they grew up in and their very small homes that they lived in back in the Soviet Union. Not only do I know their stories, I know the stories in detail of my grandparents. My grandparents were Holocaust survivors and lived through the tortures of the Hitler era. And since then, my parents survived the Soviet Union, survived immigration through Italy, spanning between six to nine months, coming to a country with no knowledge of what's ahead of them, having no money in their pockets, no language to communicate to others, and establishing a beautiful family in this country. So I very much know in every detail possible what my home country is about and what it means to all of us. You know, it's very interesting. You and I were both kind of locking eyes and getting a little teary when you were telling that story. I believe, Alana, that you are the fourth or the fifth woman that I have interviewed in the last year who has relatives who were Holocaust survivors. And it's interesting because that generation didn't really talk about it very much. And they certainly didn't see themselves as victims. They saw themselves as survivors. Did that mentality radiate through your family? Your parents were refugees. Your grandparents were survivors. What was the vibe like in your house when you were growing up? And you're a Jew. Ukrainian Jews, terribly, terribly victimized by the government. Yes, absolutely. My parents' nationality growing up in their passport was Jewish. They were not Ukrainian. In the Russian language, if I were to say that I'm Ukrainian, that doesn't make sense because in Russian, Ukrainian means that you're Russian Orthodox. So I am not Ukrainian by the Russian language. I'm Jewish. So I oftentimes say to people that I'm a Ukrainian Jew. My grandparents were survivors and my parents are survivors. It's hard. We're both crying. <laughs> it's hard. streaming down my face. Um, it's hard because... I should have brought Kleenexes to this interview. <laughs> no, it's hard because this is what we all promised the world would never happen again. And we're watching it happen again. Your parents end up outside of Boston. What did they do for a living? Paint me a picture. What my, was life My like? beautiful family. My father graduated what's called a technicum, which is kind of what we call like a vocational school here. So at the age of 18, he graduated and was what we call an engineer here. 
He immigrated to the U.S. when he was 21. Right outside of Odessa is a small area called Mandera. It's a small little village. And he left in 1979 at the age of 21 with his little sister, his grandmother, and his parents. They traveled through Ladispoli, Italy, lived there for six months, and then they moved to Providence, Rhode Island. And ever since then, he has worked any kind of job that came across until he could establish himself. My mom grew up as a nurse back in Kiev. She was actually a victim of Chernobyl. She treated the firefighters that came from Chernobyl and witnessed their post-radiation symptoms as a nurse. And she actually herself had symptoms of the post-radiation coming to the U.S., having emergency surgery because of the exposure to the radiation. And she has a beautiful business here. She is the reason why I'm the strong, independent woman that I am because she raised me to be that way. She has a beautiful salon in Newton, Massachusetts. And what's the salon called? Give her a shout out. Oh, yeah. My mom's salon is amazing electrolysis, laser and nails. So she does it all and keeps me beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Did your parents share any of the stories with you and your brothers about what it was like to be Jews under the Russian dictatorship? Yes. Stories is an understatement. My whole life, I knew that feeling in my blood. It wasn't just their stories. It was my grandparents' stories. That fear still lives in my blood. I grew up fearing the fact that I'm Jewish, which was very difficult to explain to those that I'm around here, especially in the areas where we lived, where the Jewish community is so prominent and strong and proud. But absolutely did my parents tell me how they were called awful names in school and spat at in school and made fun of and didn't get into certain programs and universities and didn't get certain jobs because of their religion. So yes, I very much know the struggles that they went through. What has your faith meant to you as you've grown up here in America with the ability to worship as you like? It's beautiful. And it's something that for generations was ripped away from my family and something that they no longer looked at as religion, but it's our culture and it's our tradition. So my father always says something that you don't have to go to temple and you don't have to read Torah and you don't have to become a bar mitzvah to be a Jew. You have to be a Jew in your heart. And that's what makes you Jewish. Because those that survived the Holocaust and had their religion ripped away from them were no less of Jews than anyone else because they didn't go and celebrate Shabbat on Fridays. You know, one of the things that I really wanted to ask you was, what did it feel like when you were growing up and your parents brought you back to Ukraine? Humbling. Humbling to see what they came from and what they have accomplished and what they had to go through to accomplish what they have now. It makes you really put life into perspective. As long as I can remember, I've always told people that I have two generations to make up for. Two generations of lives that were stripped away from them, and I have my life to make up for it. So that's what motivates me to work as hard as I do. Did you always know that you wanted to be a nurse? In the back of my mind, probably. I always knew that I wanted to do something where I could help people. I love to help people. I've always been considered the mom of my friend group. I'm always the caretaker the one that's kind of corralling the group together and having them (laughs) organized. It just made sense when it was time for me to apply to schools. I didn't then still know what I wanted to do. But once I looked at it, it just clicked and it still clicks today. 
tell me where you went to school and a little bit about post-graduation and the types of nursing you've done so far. Yeah, absolutely. I went to Simmons University here in Boston. I am a Boston girl to the core, and I will <laughs> never leave this beautiful city. While I was at Simmons, I worked at Boston Children's Hospital. Uh, so I worked in all of the units. Actually, I was floating around as an assistant, and I also spent three years working in their ICU. Coming out of school, I have done a variety of different positions as a nurse. I have worked in the Department of Corrections. I have worked at Boston University. I currently work in biopharma. I take on any opportunity and I am excited to work. Tell me a little bit about the nursing roles that you've had so far. I love the satisfaction of knowing that I helped a person, whether it's one person or a hundred people, that gratification when you look at someone and you know that at the end of the day, you made their day better, even in the smallest way, that's what it means to be a nurse. Next couple questions I ask everybody who sits where you are. When an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it? I find obstacles motivating. So if I have an obstacle in my way, and oftentimes you find those obstacles to be people and people that are doubting you, I find that as my ultimate motivation to persevere. I love obstacles because I love to figure out how to go around them. Best piece of advice you have ever received, and it can be personal or professional. Don't give up on yourself. And when you are put in a position where you can either take the easy road or the hard road, take that hard road because that hard road is going to teach you so much in life and make you such a stronger person that in the long road, you're going to look back and be so thankful that you did that. You are at a place in your life right now where you're devoting a lot of your time to this project and doing everything that you can for people in Ukraine in a crisis situation. And so it feels a little silly for me to ask you this question, but put it into context for where you are right now. What does success mean to you? Success means that my parents are proud of me. Ilana Pavlatsky, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. God bless. And that's the story behind her success for this week. If you know a woman I should interview for the show, reach out and tell me about her. Just go to my website, candyoterry.com. There's also a full library of stories for you to listen to anytime you need a little dose of inspiration. Follow me on Facebook at Candy O'Terry Official and on all other platforms at Candy O'Terry. And whether you're listening on one of our radio affiliates or from your smartphone, we'll have a fresh episode for you next week on the story behind her success. And remember, when we lift each other up, we all rise. <laughs>